everybody, and welcome back for another week. This is the ending part to that first session where Howard showed up, and it's the first part that has to deal with the actual run itself, rather than the extra situation they find themselves in. Towards the end of this, we had some ideas, and then it was going to be a lot of talking in the Discord chat. A couple of quick things before we get into the actual episode. Gen Con badges are on sale. We're talking in the Discord a little bit about people who are looking to go, and some people are arranging some hotel accommodations. It's been almost a year since we started releasing these episodes, and it's been about 18 months that we've been playing and recording. This continues to be crazy and amazing and wonderful, and I can't thank you guys enough for listening. We've got some people that are collecting questions and topics for our one-year anniversary episode. So if you could email me in withoutonetpod at gmail.com. On the Facebook page, Mary Sue is collecting some stuff there. On the Discord channel, hit me up, or on any Reddit posts with the podcast Reddit account. I'm also going to try and have Howard, even though he's guest starring as part of the cast, it'll be fun to have him there. If you have questions about his unique perspective as a listener to a guest cast member, that'd be fun. Also, Ozer off the Discord channel, is has been doing a great job with the sound effects and layering underneath all of the editing. So I'm going to have him on there, so if you have questions about sound effects and stuff, send them in and we'll have him answer those a little bit, because I, I have stuff. Finally, the No Future book was released yesterday. It is a setting-slash-fluff book, so things about like the music industry and that kind of thing. The music industry actually seems to be a really big part of the book itself, so... I haven't gotten the opportunity to read it in full yet, but we should have a episode where we sit down and talk about that sometime before the end of the month. I think that's everything I got for this episode. If you do want to go ahead and check out No Future on Drive Through RPG or wait until after our review episode, I'll put a fresh link to the Drive Through affiliate. It helps the show out and doesn't cost you anything extra, so I would appreciate that because it lets us do more cool stuff. Thank you guys, and now on with the show. So the next day, you guys plan to meet up at a taco temple. What time of the day were you meeting up? Is everybody showing up? Is What's the scenario? Because this is on you from here. Well, I'm assuming Grift convinced Chuck to stay out until like 1 or 2 in the morning. Let's try like 4 or 5. Did you guys go to a runner bar? I told him it was a runner bar. Bus stayed up the whole time. She's like legit in kind of paranoia mode a little bit. Every once in a while, she would DNI check to make sure he's okay, essentially. After probably the second or third DNI, he would just broadcast his GPS signal straight to her. Okay. She just drinks a lot of coffee. So, back to the taco temple. Where's that at? What time of day? Morning. You want to get the breakfast soy So you guys show up the next morning, probably mid-morning. Because some of you were apparently out real late last night. Buzz doesn't look like she's gotten a lot of sleep. She's got bags in her eyes, and she looks particularly grumpy. Chuck is quite chipper. He took a hit of um, long haul to stay awake for this. Mary Sue is also there on time, no matter how early it is, and dressed. Everything is in place. Perfectly neat. Sunny disposition, as always. Fake smile? Ah, fake smile. Michael will be outside enjoying a cigar. You guys get the, the breakfasts. It is adequate. Anybody show up in anything fancy or different than standard operating procedure? Chuck's wearing the same clothes he wore last night. 
So is Buzz, actually. I think she just got a coffin hotel rather than heading home, and so she just slept in what she had, more or less. You guys are here. You're having breakfast. So, um, Chuck, have you looked over that information the Johnsons gave to us last night? Information on the comlink? I assume they gave us a data chip with information about who the guy is and, and what's going on. I mean, did you look at the information? I'm sorry, I did not. I will start skimming through that now while we eat. And Chuck takes a big bite out of a soy rito. Mary Sue just sips her coffee. Oh, oh, and and he opens up the comlink. Uh, is there like a data file and stuff on there? There's some information there. Yeah connects it to the pan and just sends a copy of it to everyone. The immediate bit of information you're going to find out is it's going to have a picture of a guy named Sergei Petrov. He is an elf. He is on the younger side, not like under 18, but in that annoying early 20s looks kind of the same like how Mary Sue looks 23, even though she's not. Is it a mugshot or is it just some like social media pictures? Both. You have a bit of the information on the actual mugshot from the booking and stuff, which I'll get to in a second. He doesn't look like anything special. One might say that he actually has a bit of a bland look to him. For an elf. Richard, as you look at this guy, you're going to look to Howard, and you look back. They seem similar in their look, their general body type, that kind of thing. Both extremely handsome. Well, that's interesting. Guys are like dead ringers for each other. I wonder if we could use that. Sounds like an inn. He says over a mouthful of soy rito. Yeah, we could we could stick you in an orange jumpsuit. You know, maybe maybe do a little do a little switcheroo. We get you out, though, of course. Right, right. That's that's phase three. Buzz grins a little bit. Mary Sue shakes her head and clears her throat. What are the charges that he's got against him, Chuck? He's got a couple of just garbage charges. Things like possession of restricted chemicals without a license, which you can probably guess means he was carrying drugs. There is a list that he had some forbidden cyberware. Specifically, he had spurs. There is no mention of him being awakened or emergent. Specifically noted with the spurs and some of the other forbidden cyberware, which I'll get you a small list for. That stuff has been removed as per part of the uh, the detaining and holding fee. The interesting and or fun charges, depending upon how you want to look at it, is he is supposedly related to a murder that happened of a police officer, specifically a Lone Star officer. Was he a suspect or just a, like a, a witness? How? There is assaulting other police officers. There is kind of like when you run a red light, they get you for like dangerous driving, speeding. Like They just kind of throw as much stuff on there as they can and then sort out what sticks. The big thing seems to be that supposed murder that he is accused of. Is resisting arrest on there? Of course. Okay. Who was the officer? Does it have information about that case? Or or can Chuck, can you find out what case they're referring to? Yeah, I'll search that after we go through this. But it makes sense. If he murdered a, a, a Lone Star and Lone Star runs the prisons around here, that's uh, not good for his safety. They didn't really care about his safety, though, Chuck. Uh-huh. They said if our last resort was a bullet in his head, they'd be okay with it. So I think they're worried about their own safety. So he must know something about this murder. Right. right? Unless they think they're going to torture him for information and they don't care because he murdered a cop. I don't know. Hmm? 
Just hypothetical stuff. Uh-huh. That's completely irrelevant. The Lone Star officer that was murdered was just kind of like a beat patrol cop by the name of Kirby Coleman. He doesn't seem to be anybody special as far as a detective. He's not in Vice or Arson or any of the other like specialist departments. He's just a police officer that he is accused of being the killer of. Where? That he was responding to a call in the C-section of Auburn. That this guy was getting drunk and belligerent at a bar, like a bar restaurant place. He was having a party with some friends that have all been detained and or disappeared. And then from the looks of it, everybody's just kind of dumping on this guy. From what you see in the bit of the police report that you guys have access to here, none of the other people that were questioned in this situation have a very Russian-sounding name. All right. How do we want to handle this, guys? You, Howard? No Russians on this case file, right? Looks like it. The evidence around him sounds circumstantial at best. Easily broken. It's a lot more likely that this innocent young man, only going places in his life, taken down by some Lone Star officers with an agenda. Or, sorry, Knight Errant. Flimsy case, probably easy to trip it up. I know how these private cops act. I've been around them before. And I would like to roll a knowledge skill to know how they act. Okay. Three hits. What's the knowledge skill? Police procedures with a specialization in private police. So it's curious that Knight Errant has him in custody and Lone Star is the one who is more or less pressing charges on him. The officer that he shot was probably the first responder or an on-site security personnel. And then in the chaos, Knight Errant, they are the ambient cop presence. So once, you know, he makes a run forward off of the property, it's in their jurisdiction. Probably why he's being held there instead of being sent straight to whatever the prison is, because Knight Errant and Lone Star don't really like each other because they're competing businesses. As far as procedures, this guy is a nobody from what you're seeing. He's a young dude, killed a cop. This should be a pretty open and shut case, unless he is somehow linked to something else that isn't in the charges. Like, he is connected to the Vori in some fashion, so who knows what he knows that Knight Errant might be trying to get out of him, or that Lone Star wants to get out of him, or... Something along those lines. Is it Vori or Russian Mafia? I know you said earlier. You it's the same by. thing. Yeah, this is all just politics, you know? I don't know what angle our Russian friends have in this, but this all just looks like it's dick-waving between Knight Errant and Lone Star. These guys, they hate each other. Well, our employers are willing to pay a pretty penny to prevent this guy from talking, which is what it sounds like. I think there's more to this than what's immediately in front of us. Damn straight. So, the way I see it, we've got a few options. We could try to break them out, just get them out of their clutches, and let the Vori handle it from there. I think they'd be fine with that. We could kill them and just sacrifice that 10,000 million. Might be worth it if it turns out to be a lot of trouble to do anything else. Be real easy to kill the guy. I don't really want to, though. It seems like a last resort. Or we can try to corrupt their investigation, right? Like, I don't know how... They must have evidence on on his crimes that they're using to try to prosecute. Maybe we can mess with that. Either physical evidence or evidence they have on their systems that maybe Chuck could get at and corrupt in some way to make it difficult for them to get a case or... Plant incontrovertible evidence of someone else committing this horrible deed. Then they have to let him go. Well, they don't have to. That's the thing that worries me. These cops are corrupt. I have a feeling that if they 
discovered that someone had tampered with their evidence, they would just come up with new evidence. That's the way this kind of thing seems to work in my my experience. Yeah, you're right. They just switch it right back. I don't think they'd have any problem doing that at all. So does he have a public defendant or... Yeah, are the Vori paying a decent lawyer to, for this guy? From what you can see, there is a to-be-announced public defendant for this case. Okay. They are not leaning on the law angle. They're leaning on us, specifically. They had a choice between paying a lawyer and paying us, and they chose us. That tells you a little bit about how much they care about this guy. So can we find details about the case, where the cop was shot, where, how, what area of the body, any details like that, or are they not released? Chuck could probably find that with a little bit of hacking. I don't feel like the things about where he was shot and that kind of thing would be released to the public before the uh, mm-hmm. the trial actually starts. The trial starts in about five days. I do have a general question for the crew. I mean, we can look into the, the whole murder thing, but is there like an idea of how we can use that? My idea is if we get details that haven't been released to the public, then we go find some sinless that would like to get, you know, three meals in a cot to confess to it. Hey, that's not a bad idea. And um, if they are able to give accurate information that nobody would know, then at least it gets him, you know, the case is thrown away from him because reasonable doubt. It says that he was the actual murderer. Mm-hmm. He's a person of interest in the murder of. My attention was that, like, he was the dude that was like, ha-ha, look how awesome I am, I killed a cop. So then, yeah, he's a suspect. Okay. I do like, I like as, a, as like a general plan, I think that's really good. Because, like, they're not currently charging him with that crime. Well, Howard here's already said the other stuff is all flimsy and circumstantial. It's really just the, this big cop killing, right? That That's the main thing, right, Howard? Oh, indeed. They want vengeance. And maybe they want to rub it in the other uh, company's face. We're going to need a, a plan B, though, in case, like I said, they may not care. They may just find another way to, to pin it on. Who has him now? Lone Star? Knight Errant currently has him. Knight Errant has him now. And it was a Lone Star cop that was killed? Mm-hmm. And is Lone is Lone Star the par, uh, prosecutor or is Knight Errant? Lone Star is because it was their person that was shot at their place that they had the security contract for. Okay. So going off of what Howard just said, that it's the two of them battling to make each other look bad. How about the person we find goes and confesses to Lone Star, and then Lone Star has the opportunity to make Knight Errant look bad publicly because they have the wrong person? Maybe they'll get distracted with doing that and just drop it? So, I like where he heads at. I'm going to throw something out here, though. What if we were the cops? We stroll up there, looking like Lone Star. We ask, see our man? We demand he be remitted to our custody. Walk right on out of there. Like, the whole thing is above board. Guys aren't after that. They would be extremely reluctant to pass him over. We'd have to have perfect paperwork for this for some kind of transfer like that, right? I can only imagine. They're going to resist that to the extent of their... They, they, don't, they don't want to work with Lone Star. They don't want to give up this guy. We would have to be perfect. We'd have to have some kind of leverage to make that work. Something to really, like, stick it into Knight Errant. Let him know that, you know, this guy's ours. Give him up. 
or else. They'd have to make one phone call and the whole ruse would be up, right? Unless we could maybe intercept it. This, there's a lot of moving parts to this, but I, I like what you're thinking. I just don't know if it's the right play. So, idea. Um, Lone Star's the prosecutor. If someone gives a confession to Knight Errant on the clause that a high-end lawyer or something, I don't know, uh, becomes the public defendant on it. Defender. I don't... Defender, sorry. My legalese isn't that perfect. What if rather than pretending to go get him, we actually set it up so that Lone Star does actually try to get her hands on this guy? And we just use that as an opportunity. Lone Star wants this guy. They just need some leverage to get him out. This might be a tall order, but if we could somehow arrange a transfer of custody, then there would be a real vulnerability there. We wouldn't have to break into a a, a knight errant building and to get this guy or to, to get out evidence. We would just do a good old-fashioned prison transfer breakout, which is something I think we could probably pull off. It'd be tricky, but... Chuck, he's he's not on bail, right? He's not out on bail. Uh, doesn't look like it. So if somebody did confess, wouldn't that at least get him out on bail? Well, the key thing with bail is someone's got to pay the bail. I don't know. How about the crazy Ivans? If they were willing to do that, they would have already, I suspect. Not if they didn't have enough evidence to get him out on bail. That's not how bail works. If there's no bail offering, if he's not eligible for bail, and they're saying, no, he has to be held, and somebody comes along and confesses, then his public defender should be able to get him out on bail. Well, let's, do we know that he's not eligible for bail? Can we check that? M- maybe. I uh, makes a couple mo- motions in AR. I will check that out. The reason he can't get out on bail is he has been not denied a public defender, but they are taking their time deciding who it should be. You couldn't hear me making bunny ears, but I was making bunny ears as I said that. Because he doesn't have anybody to start that legal process, he can't get out on bail because he has nobody to to argue for him and go in front of a judge to do that stuff. I could be his advocate. You, you're going to pose as a public defender? Yeah, hold on. Let me, let me. I'm rummaging through his pockets a little bit. He pulls out a chip. It's like... Uh, <clears throat> flutters his eyes for a second as it turns on. Oh, no, shit. Sorry, that's engineering. Uh, let me try this one. Flutters his eyes again. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I know enough to get by. Don't you have to like pass a bar exam or something? You can buy licenses for that kind of thing. Well, there you go. That might be an angle. You're going to be putting yourself in, into a lot of. I mean, it's going to be a big spotlight to stand in. Not a problem for a man of many faces and disguise, such as myself. Start to see my true value. And if he doesn't do it and the cops get him or Night Air pops him, what do we care, right? Fair enough. Oh, you wound me, ma'am. I'll wound you again. Not yet. Right, so how can we use that? So we're gonna we're gonna get him out on bail. We we'd have to come up with the money. What I'd also think that they might deny bail because he's wanted by Lone Star and Knight Errant wants to keep him in control so that they don't pick him up and do their own thing. Well, at the very least, Chaboy here, posing as his lawyer, you know, gets us access. That's something, right? 
Um, I did want to ask one thing. Uh, you know, we had a recent interaction with Knight Errant. You think we can leverage that at all? We do know somebody. He just hired us for a job, isn't he, Knight Errant? Yeah, we could. We could probably. We might be able to leverage that. But he's. He's, it seems like he's pretty on board. It seems like he drank the Kool-Aid if he's hiring Shadowrunners for his, his quote-unquote legal business. Which I'm sure we have evidence to points to him. Chuck records everything. Maybe. I might be burning some bridges we don't want to burn. But it's an option. Okay. But yeah, we yeah. can talk about this during the week. We have uh, a lot to talk about. I still don't really know where we should go with this exactly. There's a lot to process. So we have the address of where he's uh, currently being held, right? Correct. And it's just like a a precinct somewhere? It's in Auburn, the local precinct for that area, which is probably put it again in a C-ish zone. Sounds like a soft target, to be honest. Small precinct, C-zone. I wonder why they would be keeping him in a small precinct. Don't know. Picture of a guy named Sergey, and then some common uh, Russian last name. Petrov. Perfect. Uh, is a Sergey Petrov. He really hitting is... the greatest hits tonight. <laughs> Look, I went with tracksuits, so <laughs> yeah. And I doubled down on Ivans. All right, you're just waiting for a Vlad to show up. Both extremely handsome. Truth. <laughs> you know, I, I like how <laughs> Bam's just like. Called you plain looking, really plain looking, without actually calling handsome in a very plain looking, very bland way. Just like every male protagonist for the past ten years of video game culture has looked the same. I might know some stuff about this. I have a knowledge skill. Oh, I'm not saying this out loud. Uh, yes, I have a knowledge <laughs> skill. Oh, okay. Has it what? I mean, <laughs> he's not wrong. He could have a chip for it. Um, well, let's. Do we know that he's not eligible for bail? Can we check that? Maybe. I uh, Makes a couple mo- motions in AR. I will check that out. Sorry, I was eating a peanut butter and jelly. My thought is, and this, like, I mean, because it's, it is cyberpunk future where people have fewer rights at best, I can imagine there's a lot less, like, bail happening. But... If these are just some, like, low-level charges where he had some drugs on him, I don't know why they would deny bail. They would just have a high price on it. Everything except the the murder and murder-related things could probably be be handled with a fine and confiscating the the forbidden items. But they're holding him anyway. I'm imagining he goes before a virtual intelligence program sponsored by Doritos or something that sets bail. (laughs) (laughs) I think we could probably use that. I think it would be fun. There is a sort of a weirdness effect. <laughs> I guess this doesn't really matter, but like the fact that you look so much like him is weirding me out. Oh, I can uh, fix that. Oh, I see. Um, I did want to ask one thing of, of Chuck. Buzz looks at Chuck and she says, uh, you know, we had a recent 
interaction leverage that at all? Um, you had access to their... That wasn't Knight Errant. That was Tactical Imperium. Oh, my God, you're right. Why did I think that was Knight Errant? Shit. All right, well, let's grab that. Like, as he was saying, let's wrap this up, and we'll get this done. Start chit-chatting about it through chat. Let Bamps crash out. I'm sure Cotton needs to get some rest <laughs> as well, so... <laughs> exactly. Point proven. Um, cool. I have no idea where this is headed, but there's a lot of fun stuff that's been said. Indeed. Agreed. Happy to drop in, y'all. I hope I'm not crowding you out. I know it's a big group. No, it's been fun. I don't like this guy. Yeah. I thought it was Jib. <laughs> no, it's always fun when we get someone to, to come in. It's cool that you're, it sounds like you're going to be around for a few sessions, which is pretty great. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't count, do don't count your chickens sure. before they match. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, or, or until like I'm nearby, our season is drones. It's like, it's oh, like grand wow. opening, grand closing. No, he just did <laughs> the same way. Sorry. Oops, my trigger finger slipped. Whoops, it dazes. Oh, look, it just keeps slipping. <laughs> over and oh, over geez. and over again. I am such a clumsy, clumsy artist. Right. Killing recording. As always, thank you guys for listening. You are the reason that we continue to, to do this. Come by, check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of different goals on there, all of which is oriented towards growing the show and doing more things in that vein. Bigger and better and all of that happy stuff. I want to give back to the cast for helping out and sitting down to play this game. The Patreon link is going to be in the description. And uh tell your friends. You know, that's the easiest way to, to help us out without really doing anything super in-depth. You know, spread the word. And, you know, as much as I hate to drone on about it, there's those things about five-star iTunes reviews. So, but it is now time for the legal stuff. The music you heard was composed by and copyrighted by Michael Vadamikis and for use with the Without a Net podcast. The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logos, artwork, marks, photograph, sounds, audio, video, and or any other proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to the Without a Net podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or other proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Without a Net podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. Music and sound effects are provided by Sirenscape, and I don't think I need to add anything else, so...